The Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Yes, welcome to another episode of the Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew, joined by Ross and Callum as always. A, a happy Callum, a sad Ross. No surprise why. Um, it's not because he had a mediocre week on the Edinburgh Football Podcast predictions. It's, of course, last night's uh, Scottish Cup display with Hearts. So, tonight's agenda, which is kind of straightforward, that's where we'll start. We're planning to go City first, but... With a result like that last night, there is only one place to start, and that's Hearts. Then we'll talk Edinburgh City, their fine return to, to form. And then we'll talk Hibs, and then we'll go on to our predictions at the end. A slight twist this week with, obviously, Scottish, uh, no, Scotland in action. So, um, yes, Ross, uh, you were you chucked a towel in last night. You said, I'm not coming on, but you have turned up. I mean, we're do we're... I mean, we could you could write down ten questions here about about last night. To be honest, but we'll we'll try and wrap it up as we can. I mean, there was an emergency podcast coming out the woodwork. I've seen this this week, or or from last night. But um, I mean, your reaction now, twenty four hours on, or twenty hours on to to that game last night. Still rated. Mm. Uh, I, I I still can't get my head around it. I think for a period of time, I actually, I was laughing during the game because I was like, this can't, can't be happening. Surely, God, like, so look at it. The 11 the Haas put out is strong enough for league games currently at the moment. That's strong enough in my mind. There's a lot of first team players in there you can right, get the job done, do professional. I paid 12 quid for Brora TV and as I turned it on, Broder were celebrating. And I went, oh no, something's wrong here. I don't know what we've done. <laughs> and I just went, no, it's 1-0. And I went, wow. 15 minutes against a Highland side <laughs> we're getting beat. Mm. I uh, played well a couple of times. Credit to Broder, first and foremost. They were brilliant last night. I think they defended immensely. They were organised. They were up for it. Um, they were chucking bodies in line and stuff. So hats off to Broda, but hearts is an absolute disgrace. Mm. That has to go down. It's the worst result in the club's history. Yeah. <clears throat> There's some bad results, but yeah. a highly league side. No, it's, it's, but I mean, you chuck it in the mix. I mean, what we can, as I said, there's so many things you could talk about coming off the back of last night. You know, the fact that Brora have had one game in January, that was the, obviously the, the, the Scottish Cup round before this. Since then, they've had five training sessions, um, one bounce game. Well, actually, friendly. sorry, sorry they've, had, they've had six friendlies, if you can include last night, because that was, a you know... Um, <laughs> no, six training sessions, should I say. Six training sessions they've had after last night. But no, Callum, um, listening to, to Mackay, uh, Steve Mackay, the, the Brora manager... The confidence that he, he listened to the, the, the interview before the game or, or something after the game, he had a feeling that they had a chance. Um, the, the, he was saying that his team aren't surprised, you know, he's not surprised that they actually got the win last night. That says it all that you've got Highland League teams that are coming up against Hearts and aren't even surprised that they're getting a result. That is. I mean, I mean let's, let's, let's be honest here. How much of that is a. Is a soundbite that he's throwing out now uh, to say, "Oh well, I'm not surprised that we've got." I mean, no one, like, not saying that 
Uh, he doesn't believe in his squad, etc. But if he was seriously going into that game thinking, oh, we've, we've got a right good chance having the preparations that they've had and, you know, Hearts being, you know, who Hearts are, I'd, I'd, I'd be a little bit suspect. But mm. at the end of the day, after 90 minutes, you look at it and you go, Rora thoroughly, thoroughly deserved it. It's, is it the biggest Scottish Cup shock? Um, I, it's certainly up there. Uh, I think I think BBC put something together and they had, uh, is it Stenhouse Muir beating Aberdeen? Uh, obviously, Inverness beating Celtic. Derek Rangers beating Rangers. But it's just, I don't know, like, this, this is just, Massive. No, that's the biggest. That's the biggest. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I saw I saw one tweet from a Hearts fan last night, which I think summed it up for for a lot of Hearts fans who are feeling this way. Is, uh, it's uh, Robbie shouldn't go because this was a cup shock. He should go because it wasn't. You know, like it, it's not it's not a shock to Hearts fans that they were. I, I'm, I'm uh, you know, if that they were going to go, go go out and get beat last night, like what what Ross was saying, Ross Ross was kind of yeah. almost laughing last night, going, yeah, like I, I actually can believe this is happening. Is that is that what you think, Ross? You, you actually you you're not surprised this I, has actually happened. Uh, yeah, in a way, because is this the wake up call? Is this the wake up call that Harsh needs, Ross? Is this the wake up call now? Is this the penny dropping I'm, now that things I'm cannot? Sure Allah won the, the league cup should have been it, right? Alawa should have been because that was the first time Alawa have ever beaten Hearts. Um, you're thinking that that should have been it. Now the way that that BBC documentary went out, Budge's statement was, "We can't win them all, but this season I want to win everything. Mm. I want win as much as I can." Now this is a team that Brora Rangers played their last league game 24 hours before Hearts played the Scottish Cup final against Celtic, and took Celtic to penalties mm. and then you look at it like such a crumble and ball and for me personally I don't think there's any way back for Nielsen now yeah. I've in the time I've been kind of sitting on the fence a couple of times I was quite I thought it was a good um, appointment when he first came in I think that's he knows the club he, he knows the league well he'll show everything up and kind of hopefully just balance us out Albeit we're 16 points clear in the league. Apart from one game at the very start of the season, Hearts have not played well in any games. I was going to say that, Ross. You can count on one hand probably 45 minutes when Hearts have, have played well. Probably on one hand that you've come away going, uh, that, was, that was a good half, you know, but we can build on that now. There's not... <laughs> Wraith, Wraith wasn't bad, I think. That that Wraith game and the, and the Dundee game. But apart uh, from that, you're struggling. Dundee and then maybe second half of the Celtic game. At times you're thinking, ah, oh, we could be onto something here and then, but yeah, it's. I think that <clears throat> the, the the club, the supporters were split at the very start of his appointment. Mm. There was people, as you can see, I put this bed sheet out. And there's my Zoom background tonight. Nielsen <laughs> out. That was his first. That was the first day when he was appointed. And you're thinking, right, give him a break. We'll, we'll let him get into it now. I'd be confident that it's probably ninety nine percent, maybe hundred now that don't want Nielsen at the club. Um, I, I think that's uh, for me personally. There's no way coming back from this, but 
I think Anne Budge has got to potentially look at her position as well. Yes, she's been good. She's came over, she's stabilised the club, brought in. But so many mistakes have happened on her account. I know she doesn't deal with football inside. She kind of leaves that to other people. But surely after the mistake of the Levine, it's like, like there was Levine sacking, they mm. took so long for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to look at that thing. Yeah, that's interesting because I'll ask you, we'll speak about that bigger picture, I'll go back to the sort of game in Hearts right now, but Budge has obviously done a, at the time, and initially, however long Budge has been in, been, been involved now, uh, six, seven years. Seven years. Seven uh, years, you know, was the perfect, the perfect time came in, you know, got Hearts uh, sorted, but there's been no progression. At all, really. Let's be honest. Since obviously the first year, great, got promoted, a good, a strong, uh, a strong championship season that season. Next season, did well. I'll give that actually. But since then, it's been progressively got worse and worse since then. Yeah, ironically, it actually got worse when Nielsen got sacked or when he left to go empty dons. Mm-hmm. That's an ironic thing. And since then. Hearts have never picked up, man. But this, from top to bottom, Ross, street, street. I, I'm impressed they were saying it last season. Like, where, where's the, where's what's happened up at the Orion? Where's the Hearts? What's happened to the Hearts Academy since that championship season when all them coming through? I'm impressed they were saying it last night because this season would have been the perfect. We spoke about it so many times. This season would have been the perfect season to bleed some youth in, almost kind of do what happened seven years ago. It needs, it needs sorted from top to bottom, no? Yeah, absolutely. I think you look at the players that have went out on loan. Now, <clears throat> have a look at just one position, wingers. He's brought in... Um, oh, gosh, who's the boy that just went to Motherwell scored against... Roberts. Yeah. Roberts. Brought him in. They bought three then. None of them worked. They've bought um, Krastenier in, or Gashtenier as I call him now. Honkin. Mackay Stephen, probably last night was his best performance. I've seen it hearts. There's a lot. Aye, are you telling me that Lewis Moore and other players that we've got in the academy aren't as good as them? That, it's absolutely nonsense. Castanier's, I don't think Castanier's seen in the second half of a game. Every game he started, he's been hooked at half time. Incredible. I'm pretty sure that's that's right. He certainly got hooked last night for Boyce. Boyce came on, but even even that, you've got international players in that team that should be doing well. It's just been a you know every it's funny Calm I'm, I'm saying I'm yeah I'm saying this Calum because I thought I mean ironically I I mean I I thought I'm actually going to go back and I listen to that almost season review stroke Scottish Cup preview episode that we had to, you know two years ago and the things that we're talking about now tonight right now on this podcast two you know not even two years on it's the same it's just it, nothing has nothing has changed. At hearts for, and that was, but the stuff we were saying two years ago in that podcast before they played Celtic the first time in the Scottish Cup final was conversations that had been the past two years of recruitment hasn't been good enough. It was things that we seen for two years. So you're talking now four years, probably about a four year spell where it's just got progressively worse and worse and worse. And this is <laughs> as bad as it gets. Yeah, I, I, I just um, 
you don't really know where to start because yeah. you know uh, Ross has obviously said a lot today and he's talking about ad budge and you know ad budge massive sort of save the club uh it, when is it the right time for, for her to step aside? It, should she do... I know that her handover date to the foundation is um, in the summer, is it not? Uh, I think it's, well, it's, it's something... She, she was only planning to have a five-year plan. And she's in ah, years, well, um, well, coming up to year seven now, so... But like, the thing is, when when Tom Farmer came in to Hibs in the early 90s, he put the money into the club and then he, he didn't know enough about football he wasn't a football man so he, he, he gave someone else that responsibility he was happy to make sure that the club was on a uh, sure footing and everything and survived but he passed on the responsibility of the, the running of the club to someone else and then that eventually became Rod Petrie and basically Farmer was able to just any flag went to Petrie and Farmer was just there like I saved the club it's fine you know and then budget you know she hasn't done that she stood by and she's you know, she has came for her faith in Craig Levine. I think that that's, that's something that really, really hurt. But, you know, she took a chance on Ian Cathro after Nielsen left, where probably a great coach, but not a manager in his own right, then, you know, goes back to a steady pair of hands in Craig Levine and you think, right, OK, that's going to be fine. But every single transfer window, there was, what, five or six bodies brought in because it was just the turnarounds. Craig... Right, it just everything was different, and then even even when Hart started the season well, it was just you know it was what Stephen Naismith got injured, and that was it. It just came spiraling away, mm. and then Hart went on a horrendous run after a horrendous run after a horrendous run, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know where you start really. Um, I I think that Anne Budge needs to get. I, I don't want to say it, but it's like she needs to just be a sort of. In the background, there there needs to be someone. Um, you know, I, I would have thought McKinley. that McKinley. is the CEO. Well, I, I would have thought that I've not once, heard a single thing from him since his first interview. Well, I would have thought that once you know Jim Jeffries came back into the club, he would have had more of an impact, uh, more of a, a, around the club. He would have been doing more because you know that's. Like he knows football, he knows hearts, and you know, so he's he's gonna he's gonna he he would have been perfect to step in and help Anne Budge with football decisions. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie Nielsen isn't looking to him right now for little nuggets of advice on how to do things because, yeah. you know, Jim Jeffries has been there, he's, he's had bad results in his football and career and he's bounced back, but I just think that Nielsen, I don't think Nielsen will get sacked. I'm, I'm, I will say that now. Yeah. Uh, I think that although Hearts fans are, are furious um it's just I can't see him being sacked. Well, if they go up, mission, if, if they go up, calm, it's mission accomplished. It's just that's that's, it, that's what know, he's brought I mean, in to do. You look at and um, what what he, what he's been tasked with this season is getting Hearts into the into the Premiership, and like he will do that. So is it? He's, he's not a failure because technically he's done what he's been appointed to do. Mm. But the problem is. Hearts have had some really poor results. You know, Ross is talking about the alarm bells were ringing after the Aloha game. And I mean, I think a lot of Hearts fans are pinning too much on an unbeaten record against Aloha. You know, like, that, who really cares? But, you know, the alarm bells That's were ringing. That's so. one-off games. Um, you know, that's, that's like, against Aloha, isn't it too bad? But I think, you know, if you're talking about alarm bells, you're looking at the Dunfermline performance. 
you know, that's when you're sitting there going, hold on, this is the first time that Hearts have played someone and, you know, you're worried. I've seen Hearts accounts um, over the past, like, sort of uh, 20 hours going on about um, Andy Halliday talking about, yeah, we'll lose games this year. And you're thinking, that's not the attitude that Hearts had when they were in the Championship in um, 2014, you know? I think, I think yeah. you, you, you're, you're sorry. talking about bringing, sorry, my final point. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about like youth should have been started. Da, da, da. Hearts could do that last time around because there was no pressure on them and they didn't have the money to do X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of pressure on Hearts to go up this year. And it's one of those things that you look at Rangers when they were in like the third division, except well, the League Two. It was look. We need to go up. We can't afford to like blood youth, etc. We've got to like overspend on your Kevin Kyle's, etc. So, Hearts had to have to go up this year. So that's what Nielsen's been thinking. It's like I can't bleed in four or five youngsters when we need results every single week. Hmm. Interesting. I think there, but there's a, there's a <clears throat> there's now a trend being set because like you know I think that's maybe the issue here. It's you know you think about part time size. That's broader now. Beat. Uh, Hearts part time side <laughs> barely trained. Our broth at the weekend, Ross part time side Drew, uh, Aloha have done well. So it's 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 a it's a poor trend that's setting in, and that's that's the problem, Ross. And you look at, I mean, Hearts must be one of the easiest teams to play against right now, because I think Mackay said last night that he did, he did a few texts to managers that had played against Hearts this season. He'd watched Hearts. And all the text back he was getting, the advice he was getting from from uh, colleagues in the game was, get eleven men behind the ball, put a little bit of pressure on them, and you'll get chances. Incredible. Uh, aye, it's, it's it's embarrassing the fact that you've got players that, like managers that can suss out, and then you've got a manager who can effectively implement that with a Highland League side. Which is effectively, it's like the equivalent of Sybil going to Hearts and Gary Darden putting that game plan to work. Can I just say Hearts, uh, Hearts wouldn't score the end, Sybil. Jordan would have had been absolutely <laughs> drilled perfectly. That would have been a that would have been a Dougie Gear penalty one 0 <laughs> uh, That's that's, that's <laughs> just would have been. But um, I, it's it's crazy the fact that that, that can happen though. But I, I know what you're saying, Calum, about you've got to have that. It's an expectation of hearts to go up. Yes, there always is going to be an expectation of hearts to go up because you look at the structure of the club, you look at the stature of the club, it'll always be, it shouldn't be in the second division of Scottish football. But you're bleeding, I think you need to bleed youth in because you're doing that for the future. It's all very much a short term plan of getting us up. At the moment, we spoke, it was the last week of the week before we talked about potentially with a rebuild at hearts again. Yeah, we've kind of said almost every week. You've got, that. You've, got to, you've got to have that rebuild now, I think as well. But you, do you trust the same man? That well, it's Joe it? Savage now. It's Joe Savage now. Oh, it's, da- it's down. It's down to Joe. It's down to Joe Savage now. He's got a huge job recruitment wise now. Um, hey, what was going to say? There was another thing. Yes, Robbie Nielsen's well, post. Like Alex, Alex Neil as well. Yeah, he's been doubted for it. Yeah. He worked with Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Savage, Joe Savage at um, Preston yeah. and Norwich. So. Nielsen's comments before we move on um, you know last night was terrible performance terrible result but Robin Nielsen's comments after the game Ross come to you first and then Callum you can have your piece I, I, I listened to again to it on the way home uh, this afternoon 
remnants still there of last season. Remnants there continuing from a team that won three out of 30 games in the Premier League. Uh, standards not good enough. Um, but it's 12, that's 12 months ago for me. It's 12 months ago. Um, but he's also saying, and, and, and the impression that Don Cowie, who was on the radio last night, was getting from that interview as well, was he still wants to clear players out of that squad. Uh, was was certainly the, the the sort of feeling that I was getting there. It sounds like maybe it said to me, so I'm looking at players that were there previously under previous management, under that you know remnants of seasons gone by. Who is he... Who are you looking at there then that's that's under pressure? Who isn't doing it? Because there wasn't many in that team last night that have been there, you know, that you'd think. You know, Halkett's been steady, he's been good at hearts. Has he been his, has he really shown his Livingston form? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but he's been decent, you know, he's not one I would point the finger at, not at all. But you're looking at what, Haring, Berra, do you put Boyce in there? A.D. White? There wasn't many last night that were that have been uh, at Hearts on, on, on years gone by. So, it, interesting comments from Nielsen there. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because um, he's obviously talking about remnants for that, but as a manager of a football club, your job is to provide results. And one thing you certainly can't do is use excuses and use the excuse of a manager that's not been there for a year. We've had a whole pre-season, like pre-season, we've had that. How many months has he been back in the job? You had two transfer windows in that time as well. Can't still blame the effects of a last season because everyone knows what the job is at the moment. In terms of, I think with the players that he's got at the moment, yes, there possibly will be some players that he wants to get rid of. I would imagine Demure's probably at the top of that list because he's not featured at all under Nielsen. But if he doesn't want these players, don't play them. Um, there's some player I wasn't sure with. The back four last night worried me because there was no pace in that team. And you're thinking, they could overrun us. And a lot of times, like you see with the first goal, they did. Um, I still think we're still shaky at things, but one of the things that stood out for me was um, that an apology is going to be made to the fans from that. The apology needs to be made because it's an embarrassment. Nothing's been said apart from that one comment in that. Now, you expect that if you're going to go out and apologise, I'm not saying go out and make a statement and say, hold the hands up with a fish, but the fact that it's been absolute radio silence from the club speaks two two things to me. One, one, the manager saying that we need to make an apology, it's not good enough. And the fact that nothing's been said, it's almost been swept under the carpet. The next tweet from Hearts on Twitter or something like that will be selling a bloody Easter meals and stuff like that at the moment or advertising some guffy hospitality thing no 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 come on it's going to be Craig it's going to be it'll be Craig Gordon in a Scotland top with a with a oh, love heart right, emoji love heart emoji that's what it'll but be folk on Twitter are saying you might as well just go down the Celtic route and start wishing players happy birthdays no like ex-players ex-players that they like aye. Stephen Presley gets wished a happy birthday aye. Uh, I something, something, along, something along those lines. Um, I think it's hilarious you just mentioned that last year. I remember um, Hibs, I can't remember the result, 
but how's the uh, there was a murder mystery themed night at Easter Road. And they tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted after a horrendous result. I think their first tweet was, um, get your tickets for the murder mystery. And honestly, every single time it's been, like, ever, like since then, there's been a horrible result. There's just been <laughs> people <laughs> tweeting, um, oh, but what about the murder mystery? Never mind this. <laughs> so, <laughs> they need to watch that, but as you say, it's a circular aim with that, but you've got. You need to have some amount of accountability for what's happened. Mm. And these players, like, the fans are paying money to go, I paid 12 quid to watch that. I'm still annoyed at the fact that I paid 12 quid. Because mm. if I could, I, I was trying to get a stream or something not to avoid paying it, but I did it because I thought, do you know what? It's Brora Rangers we're playing. At the end of the day, we should absolutely pump them. Didn't happen. And then... No, nah, didn't he? Cam, just, just to summarise here, what, what's your thoughts on Nielsen's comments there? I mean, is that just, is that coming across as excuses? Um, well, massively, yeah. massively, because uh, for me, I'm looking at Robbie Nielsen saying those things when he was more than happy with these players when they beat Hibs in the Scottish Cup semi-final, you know? He can't all of a sudden be absolutely seething with the players um, that... You know, made the difference then. I mean, he's talking about players that have been around for a while and he's wanting to get rid of them. You know, Baz mentioned a couple there, but, you know, is Jamie Walker one of them? Because Jamie Walker doesn't play. Uh, he doesn't start. He comes off the bench. Is Jamie Walker one of these players that he's, he's looking at and thinking, I don't want you? Um, you know, he came in and said that right at the start of the season that Berra was a big part of the squad this year. And, you know, instantly that's a red flag. Uh, I don't think that Berra should be anywhere near the squad. You look at the Look at the first goal that Broga scored last night. There's there's four Hearts defenders around Shocking. the the boy, and he, he manages to get the ball through to John McLean. I mean, no wonder he's got time to pick his spot. There's four of them around him, and they're just standing there. It was like you know the guy's not Lionel Messi. You know, it just it never it never it doesn't doesn't make sense how Hearts can't defend. Other than like they were still at, like primary school. Yeah, and it's a fact that run to the ball at once. Yeah, and it's a fact that. Actually, Brora had a two-on-one as well. You could have doubled in and just cut it across because it just showed you, yeah. <laughs> like the, the belief. You know, usually you'd have a, a in normal days gone by, Kama, a Highland League team against Hearts. You'd be lucky if, if Brora would have one player in the Hearts half. You know that type of game. But yeah. there's but there's Brora chucking players forward, knowing that they're going to get chances. Incredible. It's one of the things as well. After after Hearts equalised. Brora nearly scored straight afterwards with a free kick. Yeah, and they were in pretty much Hearts half. For the rest of that, that should be the other way around. I know. Yeah, I thought I thought when Hearts equalised last night, I thought, oh here we go, and I'm sure um, Stoey, you you put in the group chat, uh, oh that's Nielsen staying, uh, <laughs> you know, after the equaliser, because you just thought that, you know, that's that's it. Hearts yeah. will, will um, get get a second, etc. You know, I was listening to the last few minutes on the radio, and they were saying, you know, if Hearts get an equaliser here, I mean, Brora are out on their feet. There's no way. Mm-hmm. That they can go another thirty minutes here. Okay. It's just, it's it's absolute madness. And I mean, the thing is, you, you look at um, as we'll wrap up here. But I mean, you've got Queen Queen of the South on on Saturday there. Now they are technically the the form team in the championship over the last six games because they've taken twelve from eighteen. Hearts have taken ten from eighteen. Although Queens have won four and lost two, but they have just those those two defeats have come back to back in the yeah. last two games. Yeah, so, noticed that, Carl. Maybe maybe on a little bit of a downturn, but 
it's maybe not the team that you're really wanting to be playing here. Uh, a team that has already given Hearts problems when Hearts went down to uh, Palmerston. Yeah. Yeah. Played them on a Friday night. One all. Played them on a Friday night recently, uh, and we just we scored a penalty. Oh, so one all. But uh, boys, boys got a penalty right there. But it's, it's one of those where you're looking at it, and it's it, this needs to be, you know, four or five nil to Hearts. There's there's no. There's no sort of, uh, of one will do this. This really needs to be hearts coming out, flexing their muscles and absolutely yes. thumping Cam, I, the south. I couldn't agree more. I think this is, I, was, I had that wrote down. I, I actually think this is, this is the biggest game. I think for, for, for different reasons, I think this is the biggest game of the season. I really do. I'm thinking of if we win and results go away, we've won the league. Could, yeah, could actually could actually win the league. I think. Um, I, I think you're right. Sixteen there. clear, and I think if the other results go away as well, we yeah. get a win. Yeah. We've won the league. I mean, but realistically, what does it say about this championship that this Hearts team, which all every Hearts supporter is looking at, it going, this is one of the worst Hearts teams we've seen, and you know your big sort of clubs in the championship, Dunfermline, Dundee, have allowed them to just go sixteen points clear. You know, Hearts have basically won this title without firing the shot. Mm. Yes. Yep, I do believe that. came in, I think, as well. Because I think they have sat back and coasted it. One of the things, yeah. the last point for me about last night, but Gordon's commentators during the game commented numerous times the fact that Hearts needed to up the tempo mm. during the game. And I'm thinking, that's horrendous. We're playing on a highly league side, and even the commentators can call that out. Where's the management shouting that? Where's the players geeing each other up? Mm. Nothing. Like, first go in, everyone just started shouting each other and then just turned back and went back. Yeah. Like, it was kind of salt, let's be honest. The, the, the whole night was just summed up by A.D. White just trying to chest it back to the goalkeeper. And that moment, that just summed up the whole night because it's just, that's just a lack of, a lack of a, first of all, a lack of sort of ability to be able to chest that back to the keeper, but it was also like lazy, could easily have been a penalty. It just kind of summed up the whole night that it was just uh, far from good enough, far from good enough. And I, Callum, I, I agree with you 100%. I think this is the biggest game of, of the season. There has to be a reaction. If Arsenal pick up points here, then I, then it's uh, so it's so bad, <laughs> just so bad. I've, heard, I've, I've seen on Twitter there's, there's Hearts fans planning on going down to Tynecastle on Saturdays in preparation for board members turning up mm. to have a, to make their voice be heard. And yeah, that's the last thing we want. Kim, uh, they should do. They should take, go down and take their boots. Hi, <laughs> I might do that actually. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. No, right not, on to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right on to uh, on to on to better times on Embrace City. Um, oh what are uh, something that uh, we spoke about a lot? I think uh, Ross, you mentioned it. I think maybe this time last this time last week on the podcast actually, um, and we spoke about it as the, the as the season was was paused. Will the break be a good thing for Embrace City? And it certainly looks like that. That's a that's a phenomenal uh, week now because we've had two games. We spoke last week. We said it was a tough game going up to Elgin. This could be a huge three points. They'd done that. Last night, watching the highlights, pitch looked heavy. You know, Albion Rovers is a is actually a tricky place to go because it's I've played there again midweek. The floodlights aren't great. It's uh you know, it's uh, the pitch isn't like quite flat, it's quite sort of it's quite 
you know, it's quite a hilly sort of pitch. It's not a sort of, it's not a bowling green. Uh, pitch looked heavy. That's a great three points as well. Uh, Callum, great week for Embraer City in the playoffs comfortably now. Well, I know it's tight, but you know, considering where they were before this time last week, it's been a great week for Guy and e. Smith. What a what a week! It's it's massive. You know what what a start for for Guy e. Smith. I don't care. You know what job you're going into, what league, uh, what team. If you've got two away games on the bounce and you come away with six points, then you know you're doing you're doing a really good job. And I think you know they've gone up to Elgin. That's not an easy place to go, and you know they've taken charge of the game within the first fifteen minutes. It's brilliant to see, um, and they they, they have a goal disallowed in the, the second half. It could have been more comfortable. I'm delighted it wasn't because I had two one in the prediction. But um, you know they back it up against Albion Rovers, where you know they get early or they get the goal in the first half. Albion Rovers come back into it, and then you know Albion Rovers are down there fighting for their lives, wanting to make sure that, that if there is any sort of pyramid or relegation, they don't want to be a part of it. And, you know, they get themselves on top. But, I mean, what City do is, you know, they dig in, they, they get back, and it shows a lot of character for them to then go on and get the winner. And I'll tell you what a winner it was last night. Mm. You know, that ball from Craig Thompson is exactly what you want as a centre-forward. I mean, I've never been a centre-forward, but I can imagine yeah. if you're a centre-forward, that's the type of ball you wanted. It was on a plate for UZC, and, you know, it was just brilliant. It's brilliant to have City back for us to talk about the podcast, but, I mean, it's just brilliant to see them come flying out the traps two wins six points I, I can I can not get, talk highly enough of them there are no more I'm running out of superlatives mm. to talk about how good Edinburgh City are I think the last you know last couple of nights and it's the good fact point. that it's the, the, the depth that uh, Edinburgh City have now you know there's I mean I watched the highlights of both games I thought Rafa De Vita had looked phenomenal these last uh, these last uh, two games but the depth you know, you know Blair Henderson Uzi C you know and Rafa De Vita, the players have got going forward. I thought actually the boy Jardin that came on last night looked really good as well. Um, uh, right, came on. Thompson's delivery in the box. You've got you know, Andy Black came on against Elgin. The depth that they've got right across the right across the the the, the squad there is uh, well. Naismith must be rubbing his hands because spoke about it. Ross spoke about it. Normally when you're a manager and you go into a job, you're having to do a total confidence booster. You're having to. You've probably got a real sort of uh, total turnaround of personnel to try and try and have. You've got a team low in confidence. I've said it before, down near the bottom of the league. But he must be rubbing his hands. It's almost like the dream job to go into with the the personnel that Embrace City have at their disposal. Um, you know, they 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 could potentially have a really good season. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, I, you tip your hat off to Gary Naismith and the team at Embrace City because. The first two games are exactly what a new manager wants from your team. A bit of fighting tenacity to come out there and prove your, prove your worth, effectively, for that. Because I think every player that comes in under a new manager, potentially, they'll be worried because they'll be fighting for their places because it, it's open for everyone, yeah. I think, at that point, because they'll want to have a look at them. I think, in fact, he pointed out, like, De Vita, his build-up for his work for the first goal yeah. against Elgin was... Tremendous. Yeah. I think that, that through ball to Uzi C was excellent. Um as Carl's mentioned the deliveries deliveries from Craig Thompson are absolutely first class. Even with three kicks, he's putting them in danger positions and he's he's given Edinburgh City a chance with that. Yeah. Um I think great appointment. We, we called it we called it at the start, it was a great appointment for, for 
Edinburgh City from that. I think possibly the best thing Hearts have done recently <laughs> is let Naismith go so <laughs> that he's been able to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, hats off to him. And I think it, it's creating a real excitement for the end of this season now um, that that will give the players a massive boost of confidence now that they, they can push on. They're in the, the playoff places now and you're thinking, crack on. The world's your oyster. Yep. Go on, lads. Really impressed with, with Hopefully they prove Callum and I right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Seven, seven points, seven points, Ross. Seven points off <laughs> Queens. They've got to play them twice. Mm. Uh, this, 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 this league's not over. This league's not over. Interesting. Uh, we, are, we, we will resurrect the Edinburgh City uh, league winning campaign. I've got, I'll get the flag up. Um, <laughs> uh, really, you know, nice to see Josh Campbell. Back back on the score sheet, um, he had, I thought he had a real good opening spell at Edinburgh City before uh, before the pause. So good to see goals there. Uzi C getting back on the getting the score sheet that will give him the world of confidence. But the manner of those performances as well, you know, the fact that you've gone, you know, I think it was it was two 0 up, obviously on the uh, Elgin to hold up, you know, to 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 be resolute and come away with the three points, fantastic. And then last night, Calm, one one, it would have felt like. Kind of cancel, it would have cancelled out that three points against Elgin if you just got the point last night. But to have that that character to then go and actually snatch all three, um, fantastic. You know what what a, what a confidence booster um, for for, for Edinburgh City. But uh, big game this weekend actually because Steny, a team that have got a lot of players in that column that uh, we know we know well. Of course, Adam Corbett, uh, Hodge, Yates, Fairley. There's probably others in there that I've not mentioned that have uh, that have gone through to Steny. So uh, Mark McGregor up front has been in tremendous form as well uh, for, for Steny. I think Steny are maybe just outside the playoffs. Six. Yeah. They're sitting six at the moment. They are four points behind Edinburgh City. If my God, I should have written this down instead of just trying to recall it from memory. I think they're four points behind. But right. I think they do. Yeah, they... I'll just check it for you. They do have a game in hand, uh, so they will be looking because I think um, you know you're you're wanting to get into the the top five. Really, that's that's what you're looking at. And Senators Muir will be thinking that we can get into that top five. I think um, you know even though he's going to be on the opposition this this weekend, I think you know absolute hats off to Adam Corbett making his debut on Saturday and then keeping a clean sheet as well, which uh, we would have done him the world of good. Obviously, he didn't play last night because he's cut ties, but. Um, before before we like talk more about Steny, I just want to talk about um, a couple of things about the games. Yes, um, Robbie Robbie McIntyre, your your absolute favourite. Um, him being back is massive for for City. But you know, Uzi C had a hand in all four goals. You know, scored twice against Albion Rovers. He looked sharp he actually. He um, looked sharp for uh, again for. Campbell's goal against Elgin and he gets like the wee flick on from uh, Tomo's free kick for McIntyre's goal and I just think that you know I fully fit as you see when you know Edinburgh City first went up you know when you were playing and you know you went on that run where you won uh, League 2 Player of the Month etc you know he was on fire he's been really well he's bounced back from a horrendous injury yeah. and you know it's just brilliant to see first hand that he's back and like what a difference he's making yeah. in that team as you were saying the options City have going forward throughout the team really you know I, I was I was going to make a suggestion for a player that they could bring in this week but realistically no um, <laughs> there's, I, I, I don't I don't think they need one so yeah, yeah it's um, a good point good point on Uzi you know I, I think actually you're right I had, I had that wrote down actually involved in 
and all the goals. Uh, looked sharp, and it, it's true, Cam. I think looking back, he came in. Um, he didn't start the fifteen sixteen season. He came in during the fifteen sixteen season. He was at Selkirk, and then he came to us, um, and started really well. He scored a really important goal against Spartans. We went we went out to ten men right right after half time nil nil, and he got a really late goal, and that you know increased our lead in the top of the league. And then he got an injury, I think, just after the new year, and he kind of didn't play the rest of the season. We then got promoted, and then the season after he went on a spell, like you said, Callum. Um, about two months where he was uh, almost untouchable really but then again he got another injury which then put him out again for almost the rest of that season and then uh, Lewis Allen came in and, d- and did really well um, and then he got his move I think to Forfar off the back of that and then he went to was it Berwick and then he got that horrendous injury at Berwick yeah so he's just a player that needs a full season of no injuries and, and I'm, but it's good to see him so sharp because Cameron there's even that Thinking back to the highlights of the Elgin game, he had that really sharp turn in the box, but it just went, he just looked really sharp. Um, good to see him performing again, actually. And, and you're right, Robbie McIntyre coming back. And that was Edinburgh City, I think, last night, Cam, without even Lairdy. So, the, I mean, the, the depth, the depth that, the, I said before, the depth that City have got from, from now until the end of the season, and they barely mentioned Blair Henderson in there, and Handling and Harris, you know, right across the park. Um yeah, what a season it could be. What a season. And and uh, potentially, I'm, I'm tipping them. I think they're going to go up. I do. Right. Oh, Dom, yeah. you're, you're right. Steny, Steny are four behind City. There we go. Right. Yeah. I think there's a couple of good games. Still say Edinburgh City have got Steny on Saturday. We've got Elgin are playing Stirling Albion. That's a big game. Oh, that's interesting. We're yep. hoping those two cancel each other. Mm-hmm. And rather have got Cowden. They'll uh, probably pick up... Queen Sparks next two games are Breakin and Albion Rovers, which isn't oh, uh, they'll probably pick up six points and score about three hundred pounds. But um, <laughs> and then the next week, still and Albion are playing Steny. Yep, big games. So, I mean, you know, City have got Steny on Saturday and Cowden on Tuesday. An interesting tidbit is the fact that uh, City had um, the league games coming back three out of four away from home. The first four. Okay. Three of the first four away from home. Um, you know, so far a hundred percent. Long may that continue. But I think staying on Saturday, counting on Tuesday, these are tough games. It's, it's, to be fair, I think every game is going to be tough from now until the end of the season, purely because it's going to get more desperate even when you're playing Deacon, etc. But mm-hmm. City have started well. They've put themselves in a good position, and I'd like to think that they can come away with four minimum. From these next two. The only thing that would concern me, I know they've, I know they've uh, before we move on, uh, but actually it's maybe a, it's actually a good thing because sometimes a new manager comes in and uh, maybe if they got to Elgin and won two 0 barely any chances conceded and it and it had been great and Albion Rovers last night if it had just been straightforward, but the two goals he conceded, for me, two crosses in the box, so that's something to that's something that they've got to work on. I think. If I think ahead to this weekend, McGuigan in, in red top form, you can't afford to put crosses in the box. I think he's maybe top goal scorer in the league, or certainly up there, one of the top goal scorers. Uh, McGuigan had a really good season, and then and they've got the boy, boy Biabi. Yeah, well. and then looking ahead to Cowden, as Callum, I think every time I've spoke about when you've got Cowden Beath away on this podcast, you can put the ball in the box from almost anywhere on the park. So yeah. they need to stop conceding goals from crosses in the box. So. Stop giving away cheap free kicks. Stop giving away maybe cheap corners, uh, cheap long throws. 
stop letting balls come into the box. And I think Embry City will be on to, to, to another good week and we'll see where they are this think, time this time next week. Do you think with the goals that they conceded this like the last two games, do you think that team couple of runs back towards the start of the season would have potentially crumbled under that and lost points? Well, As a result um, of that, do you think they've got a wee bit more tenacity about them that they're, they're pushing? I don't, I don't know. What I mean. like, we've, during the time we've covered this podcast, you know, in Mercedes up at Borough Briggs, it's never a sure thing. Um, I think, what, 3 1 up with about 30 seconds to go and drew 3 all. Uh, that was a, that was a very, that was, that was in the, that was in the, um, the only full season we've, we've had uh, since we've started the podcast. Uh, you know, you're, you're a wee bit, um, you know, you could have a point there. Maybe Elgin could have fought back uh, throughout the second half. Albion Rovers, Luke, would they get that back to one each? Could the heads have gone down, perhaps? But, you know, as Andrew's mentioned, you know, you have the, the new manager coming in. People are wanting to impress. You know, there was a few changes from the two teams. So he's getting a good look at everyone. And, you know, players will be thinking, right, no, I need to make sure that I do something here so I get picked next week. Yeah. I think it also comes back to the fact what what we said is the fact that you've had a couple of months off. You've got players that maybe been carrying knocks are now back a hundred percent. You know, are back fit. The depth that City have got now, like you said, you can if it is one one with twenty minutes to go, the depth that you can bring off the bench can allow you to kick on rather than maybe hold on. So um, yeah, and I mean it's an it's an interesting point. I suppose that we'll we'll never know, but um, it's certainly a a good a good character to have that when you even if you can see the goal. You kick on, you get all three, or if you are, maybe you concede one and you're two up, you still hold it out and you grind it out and you take all three points. Um, hopefully it continues. Big game this weekend. If you can pick up three points here, that'd be a huge three points, actually, considering Steny, where they are in the league. And then you've got still an Albion playing Elgin. So, you've, you know, someone's got to drop points there. This could be a huge, a huge three points for, for Edinburgh City. Um, right, on to uh, Hibs then. And... Well, quiet for this weekend, of course, with uh, you know Scotland in action. But last weekend, Callum, um, I'd probably take a point to be honest. If you were to, if you were to ask me, going away to Livingston, um, I know we said what Livingston will turn up, but you know I think I'd probably have taken a point before the game, Callum. I don't know if you're any any different, but at the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, you you would take a point given that Aberdeen never won. So. At the end of the day, you look at it and, you know, it's a point gained instead of two points dropped. I think um, Hibs getting back, coming from behind again, which we've said is something that Hibs have struggled with this season. Yeah. Uh, it's, again, the defending's not exactly ideal. I think that it starts with, you know, Kevin Nisbet just, just on the halfway line. It's poor from him. He loses the ball to Bartley. And it's just a hopeful punt forward. And, you know... Paul McGinn and Ryan Poaches, one of them needs to take charge. I think both of them are sort of leaving it to the other. I think Paul McGinn probably should have... He was in the pole position to clear it initially. And then, you know, Poaches has just lost uh, Sybil. And I, I mean, I can... I've lost count of the amount of times that Craig Sybil has scored against Hibs or done something because, I mean, he's literally been a thorn in Hibs' side for about seven years um, I've always said that Hibs should just sign him purely so he score <laughs> just stop Hibs, um, please stop the classic, <laughs> the classic old firm uh, you know I think um, but look it was it was a poor goal to lose but it's, it's good to it's, it's, I think the word of the day is tenacity um, mm. and 
Josh Doyle just chases that down, forces Devlin into the mistake. Gets the ball across and Christian Doyle for his first goal in about 17 years. And he rescues him to the point. Mm. With the way that results went, looking at it, it's a point game rather than two drops. Mm. Yep. Yeah, Ross, you're saying you watched the you watched the game the game back. Would you sort of agree with Callum there? Just a, a probably a point is actually probably a decent, but it's certainly I would certainly say it's a it's a point game rather than two dropped. Certainly. Yeah, I think having a look at I think before the before the game I mentioned that Liverpool's not an easy place to go. Um, they've obviously still got ambitions to try and get into potential European spot as well, but. Shaky once again for your defence, as Carl mentioned. It's been a kind of ongoing pressure with that. But I think second half, having a look at it, I don't see that. It looked like it was mostly Hibs, actually, that they probably had the majority of the chances in the second half. So as much as, yeah, it's it's a point gained and it's a, more importantly, it's a point over Aberdeen. That's the main thing for securing the third place. But I think there's a couple of chances, like Nisbet had a decent chance and stuff like that in the second half. but finish it close chances finish it off for a potential three pointer but I think Hibs, Hibs as you say will be happy with that it's, it's a point gained over Aberdeen so that's first and foremost the most mm. important thing yeah um, so I suppose speaking about Hibs now it's looking ahead to the to the top six and Cam, you mentioned yeah. last week um, Hibs Sort of poor form when it comes to the t- the top six, um, yeah. Aberdeen announcing a new manager yesterday. Yep. He won't be uh, here. Legends. Yeah, yeah. What a goal! What a big goal! Fan. Big yeah, fan. yeah. You're a big, big fan. fan. One of Calum, but I go as far as to say one of your favourite ever Hibs players. I mean, probably not one of my favourite ever Hibs players, but definitely. I think I don't know. Like quite like a hipster Hibs fan because you know everyone hated Stephen Glass for some reason, and I just loved him. Um, and I'll, I'll always remember he scored two crackers in back-to-back weeks when we went uh, third under Mowbray he scored an, a, a fantastic volley against Aberdeen which in a game that had won 2-1 and then he backed it up with a free kicking against Dunfermline from 30 yards it was uh, phenomenal but I've always liked Stephen Blacks I think that it'll be interesting to see what he does to Aberdeen he says that he wants to play an attacking brand of football uh, which is something that Aberdeen haven't done in years so uh, he definitely has a job on his hand to shake the gang tag that they that, that Aberdeen have at the moment but I, I think it's you that's given on that tag I, I don't think so I think a lot of people think that they're a gang uh, but I look at the top six fixtures uh, that came out on was it Monday you know Hibs it's it comes down to the the two the two home games for me for Hibs the back to back home games, Livingston and St Johnston. If Hibs win both of those games, then it, it's it's thirteen points that the gap would be at this moment in time because you know Aberdeen and so that would be, re- realistically mean that Aberdeen would have to go five from five mm. if Hibs win the two home games, Livingston and St Johnston. And for me, that's like there's no way that Aberdeen. Will so go how many five points? Ga- how many points guarantee it? I know that might be. Well, um, so it's seven points just now. Yeah. So you know, there's fifteen to play for. So seven. Uh, eight. Well, but eight but but we've, but we've actually got a better goal difference as well, don't we? Yeah. So it's essentially so eight you've points. Got, you've got to look at that, and I think you know, Hibs top six fixtures: it's Rangers away, Livingston, and then St Johnston at home, uh, Aberdeen away, and then Celtic at home to finish off. 
Aberdeen, they go uh, St Johnston away, Celtic at home, Livy away, uh, Hibs at home, and then Rangers away. So I'm looking at that, and I can't see Aberdeen taking the six points from Celtic and Rangers. Uh, and are they going to Livingston and winning? I don't know. I don't know. I think that I just I can't see Aberdeen making up the seven points uh, on Hibs, even yeah. if Hibs don't don't like do enough. But if if Hibs win against Livy and St Johnston, I think I think two wins. I think it needs two wins. Uh, two wins. I think I think if if Hibs, if Hibs beat Livingston and maybe draw with St Johnston, then there's there's no way that Aberdeen are catching um, Hibs. For them to have to go to Ibrox on the last day of the season when Rangers will be presented with the the trophy. Yeah. There is no way that Steven Gerrard is going to say that um, you know there's there's anything less than a win is acceptable. You know, so mm. they, uh, if Aberdeen don't have it wrapped up by the last game, it's Hibs. Mm. I give you that, Ross. Two wins probably enough, or is it already? Yeah. I, I think one potentially even that. I can't see Aberdeen. I think it's too late in the season for them to have that potential bounce off it. Change of things have happened, mind you, but nah, I just can't see it. I think that the way they've been, their, their confidence is rock bottom just about the moment. I think they've got to worry potentially about Levy catching them. Mm. Yeah. I think they've got to put the, put the focus away from Hibs and I think kind of just cement their place at the moment. But you never know. I think, as I said, new manager was, was just been praising Naismith's impact since he's came in. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, interesting little thing in a Pine Bovril, actually. I don't know if you've seen this, Callum, the sort of uh, the pre-split report card. I don't know if you've seen the, yes, that there. Time. So I thought it was quite quite good, actually. But it was um, interesting that Hibs have only taken 25% of their points against the, the top six, top six this yeah. season. So that's that doesn't that doesn't bode me with a lot of confidence. Um, no, but I mean, again, again, you look at it and that's... It just backs up what I was saying last week. You know, um, Hibs in the top six have never won um, three games in a single season. You know, eight points is the most they've taken. Um, it wasn't actually under Mitchell Fatline, and it was under uh, Neil Lennon in twenty eighteen. Uh, wow. That was that was Hibs' highest points. And it still wasn't enough. It still wasn't enough still for wasn't the enough to, yeah. to get. Um, to, but I think you're looking at it, and Jack Ross for the season that Hibs have had has a chance to. Record the highest ever points total that Hibs have, Hibs have had in the Scottish Premiership. So, it's, how many to get? How many? How many for that, Cal? Um, he would need. He would need to get sixty-seven points, and I'm not sure how many Hibs are on just now. But it's, I think Hibs are on about 58, 50, like 50s. It's not. It's not a ridiculous amount of points. That, that so maybe potentially three wins or something. Three wins potentially. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Who knows? Wow. Okay. Not much to add, really, because it'll be what Scottish Cup next game. But we can speak about that next week. Yes. Um, no. Queens, of course. We'll get a look at that. Um, okay, then. Right. On to the prediction league, Callum. Who were our top performers last week? Um, there were hundreds of people that got one correct score. Uh, a lot of people had City winning 2-1 up in Elgin. A few people had Hibs and Livingston to be one all. One person had Hearts and our growth to be nil-nil. 
and he's on this podcast and he's sitting there hey. with a smile on his face. <laughs> First time he's smiled against Hart for Hearts for years. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a Hearts result, he's actually smiling. Um, but no, uh, Ross, Ross had the second highest points total this week before, um, picking up a correct score when they are both game and he got the City result correct. But um, our hats have to go off to uh, Ryan Anderson, who got uh, two correct scores. He oh. had City to win 2 1. Cheap. Livy and Hibbs were all, and if Hearts had snuck a late goal, um, he did predict 1 0 Hearts. So he was the top scorer with six, and I think that, that um, there's, there's no league table as yet, but I think, uh, you know, the, the I think the top three were Susan, uh, John Hopkins, and myself and Stephen Tate were sort of um, the top three there. Uh, I think myself and Stephen Tate were joint, so we all got three points. I think Ryan Anderson is sneaking his way up there. When did when did when when did he uh, when did uh, Ryan been in it the whole time? Was he a late? Ryan's Ryan's been in it the whole time. Oh, was he? Um, yeah, he's just he's just a gentleman. Ryan under the radar. Started started on Twitter. Um, just joined in. I think that he. Uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't know too much about him because yeah, I, I don't know him. But um, we thank him for taking part. Absolutely, that's, absolutely. That's it. Um, Making yeah, a late push. He's like a Man United under Ferguson. You know, no bad. Just all right it. till Christmas, and then after Christmas, oosh. Um, going in overdrive. Right. Um, Carl, well, who are the losers? The losers a few names, yeah. A few names. The three games, three games. Now there were a lot of oh, sorry, six folk that had a. An absolute bagel of a week. Zero <laughs> points. Um, worse than Britain in the Eurovision Song Contest. Neil Pla. So we have to give a, a big shout out to Dodgy down in the uh, Kelso. Neil Gala. Neil Gala. Gala. Uh, is it Gala? It's well, Gala. to be fair, I met him in Kelso. So that's <laughs> why. Uh, also, Ross played for 100%. <laughs> no, <laughs> points. Won, son. no points. No points. <laughs> I believe the other ones that didn't get no points with some dignity intact. Your best year and your dad. Brilliant. Okay, well, although, you know, a bit of sympathy, it is only, it is only three games, so it is a bit trickier. It is tougher, it is of course tougher. But basically, this weekend, a little bit different, obviously two, only two um, domestic games, however... Scotland v Israel feels like a league fixture because we're playing them every second week. It feels like so, it makes sense for Scotland and Israel to uh, to be part of this uh, prediction league. So, um, how will it go in the graphic? I think we'll go. We'll put Scotland at the, at the end. So we'll go. Uh, Hearts City Scotland. Hearts versus Queen of the South. Calm. Um, you know, part of me thinks that this will be nil nil or one nil Hearts, but I don't know. Part of me thinks that they could come in. I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go four nil Hearts. I'm going to go 2-1 Hearts. Yeah, I'm also going to go 2-1 Hearts. Embra City versus Stenny. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 City. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 City. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 City. Oh. And Israel versus Scotland. I'm going 2-1 Scotland. Um, I'm going 2-0 Scotland. I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, guys. Well, there's the oh, is is, there's Israel's, keeper, Israel's keeper's a huddy, mate. <laughs> Israel's keeper's very dodgy, very dodgy. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the scumbag, eh? There's not back in his national team to win. There's the scumbag, eh? I'm doing the, I'm do, I'm doing the, the Ross Byers approach. 
Go against go against my team and hope that. I remember. Aye, anyway, okay. I quite often do. I'm pretty. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. Another story of another time. Ran out of time. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. Jeez, oh, could be a, a, a win at a, a league championship podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. Thanks for listening. Get your predictions in. Saturday at three o'clock uh, will be the cut off. But uh, been joined by Ross and Cam. I was Andrew, and that was your Edinburgh Football Podcast. <laughs>